So I have been confronting the world, assuming a certain vantage point on the topic we're going to talk about today. And this is kind of what I do in general. Like if a new idea kind of congeals in my space, I'll often, I'm an actor, I'll kind of try it on as a worldview and be like, all right, let's look, let's, let's say this is a real thing. It seems potentially real. Let's start looking at the world and see how often it checks out. If I can find my rule of threes, that sort of thing. So in looking at the world this way, I always get caught in the maelstrom of like, is this really happening? Or is this Bader-Meinhof, AKA blue car syndrome, uh, where I just bought a new GMC or, and so all I do is see GMC cars everywhere. Um, however, I'm starting to be like, wait, this might fully be real. Um, because it's just this week, uh, I've been blocked. <laughs> I've been blocked by three people on social media. Um, one on Twitter, two on Instagram, uh, two like relative strangers, you know what I mean? Like in internet people and one person I know from the real world who I've known uh, acquaintances, not good friends or anything like that, but like known for a decade at least. Um, and it so frequently came from, to me, the crux point, which really started to make this worldview make sense to me, uh, questioning. Even the act of questioning seems to provoke in some people a response of immediate rejection and dehumanizing of the person asking questions, which I find as a person who loves to ask questions is actually one of the primary ways in which I learn as a human being, uh, I find highly troubling and potentially like damaging to, to, a, to a widespread uh, degree. Um, and this started really with one person on Twitter. I literally asked one question and I'm trying to para, I'm gonna paraphrase as close as I can, um, where I said, someone posted a meme, uh, saying, well, is, what's a better argument than this? And I was like, well, actually, interestingly, that's also an argument for the opposite point of view. Or isn't that, I think I said, so a question mark. Blocked. <laughs> block. And I gotta tell you, that happens, that has happened quite a few times where people just straight up block. Now, I, I, everyone has their own, I think, relationship with blocking. I'd love to explore that. Uh, we kind of did a little bit in cancel culture episode. Uh, but to me, I find it personally uh, deeply, uh, somewhat vaguely stressful, um, deeply dehumanizing. Because to me, it says, to me, you are not worthy to even speak to me. It's a, it's a talk to the hand moment to take it uh, retro hack comedy. Um, I don't block people who are spitting while they're talking and not making any sense on the street. Like if a, a apparently schizophrenic human being came up to me and started blathering to me about how, uh, you know, Magic Johnson never had AIDS, but he was infested by demons or whatever. I, I, I don't block that person. You know what I mean? I'm just using them as an example of like, oh, here's a person who's never going to be reasonable or whatever. Um, so, and I have over time, because I've been blocked by many people, uh, sometimes instantaneously, sometimes over, over an expanse of uh, like a spread of time, constantly have to examine, okay, well, I'm a common denominator here. I have over time, absolutely, concretely, objectively uh, made my tone more winsome, uh, asked more questions because people seem to want to have that. Um, try not to use like, try not to do um, flurry of links, you know, with people who I'm just freshly engaging with. Whereas normally I'd come in and be like, here's 
uh, here's my claim, but here's where I'm saying these, here's three examples as to why I'm saying this. I thought it was helpful because I'm like laying out all my cards, being intellectually vulnerable, but I've tried to, I've modified my, my, my tone, my vernacular, um, tried to use simpler words because people kept talking about my vocabulary and that I was using a thesaurus, which I do not use that. I found that very offensive. Um, anyway, I think, I think you memorized the thesaurus. <laughs> and uh, I think you, you're only allowed to use a thesaurus in um, songwriting, poetry, that sort of thing. I, I, I think, actually think it's cheating um, almost any, any, any other case. Um, or if you get really stuck, you pull it out in an emergency. But I was like, um, anyway. So I've been confronting this very concretely. Um, and so I already kind of, I say all that to say it's been wounding me personally to kind of be rejected for asking questions. Um, and it, it has increased my sense of, uh, alarm as to like the phenomenon perhaps being even more widespread than I originally thought. Uh, but that's only within a week or two of really putting this on as a worldview. But what are we talking about today, Andy Swindler? Well, Brendan McNamara, uh, we're asking the question, is woke a religion? Mm, that is a totally classic episode in the making, literally. That's right. Yeah. Uh, oh my God, like right now. Right now, it is actually happening. We got to spoof that spaceball scene one of these days. We got to. Oh, so let me just briefly say, that's what, I know that's a weird way to speak. That's how I tend to speak anyway. That's, I've been thinking very concretely. So my immediate supposition is woke appears to me to be religion pretty functionally. I think I mentioned this in the anti-racism episode um, as anti-racism was like very religious in its construct, being myself a religious person. Uh, so I don't say that as like, well, how dare you be religious? I am deeply religious. Um, but it, and it carries over even to potentially, I was like, I, I'm starting to be like, wait, is woke, is woke, a, is woke a cult even? Uh, as I'm trying this lens on. But that's in one week of experience and I have so much less experience in this realm. And so I'm excited to hand it over to you for an extended um, piece, bit of time. Whereas, um, and I know you can talk through how you, whether you even feel about that identifier where I feel like it's been used and used and used. And now we kind of know what it means, but we don't, but we sort of, but I, oh, but it is kind of the, the, it's in the ether. It's in the zeitgeist as essentially what, what we, it, 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 what it does describe. Um, but you are certainly more in that world or adjacent to that, if it is a religion. Um, so my evaluation is certainly from, from the outside, speaking to people within um, and then having these experiences. So uh, that's, I just want to get us rolling on a, on a, in, a, in the realm of the personal and to also let people know I do have feelings and they can be hurt. <laughs> we're, we're here to humanize Brendan. Um, yeah, I'm a person. Yeah, and I, I think this absolutely ties to our, our cancel culture um, episodes. So we, there may be some, yeah. some loopbacks there. Um, I, you know, to address your opening, I, I think, yeah, you know, I'd like to, I believe we're, we're here because of curiosity, right? And, and we yeah. both are, I think, deeply embodied, curious people. And I also think questions are weaponized, uh, can be weaponized. Mm -hmm. um they can be in bad faith they can be provoking somebody or or uh provoking a known trauma they can just i think a lot of what i hear from folks um who are who are marginalized who have, who have spent a lot of time explaining things uh particularly to let's say white folks in this um or in the language we've chosen in this podcast lightly melanated folks such as ourselves uh 
that they're just fucking tired. <laughs> they're just because they've answered that question a hundred times. And so sometimes I'm not saying that's the reason. I'm not saying it necessarily justifies what that, what's happening to you, but I do that's something I hear pretty commonly that at this point they're just exhausted. They're just like, I can't answer that question again. Go look yeah. it up. Go ask somebody else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what's what's an example? What's an example of a question, like a, a question that would be asked hundreds of times, like what, an exhausting question? Let's see. Uh, I mean, one one that, you know, I'm, I'm working my way through um, My Grandmother's Hands by Rosemary Menachem, and he, mm. he just pointed this out. It's a whole culture. It's a whole chapter, actually, about like kind of rebuilding white culture and anti-racist culture. Um, and he points out just the question like like let's say this is actually a great example because it's yeah, all yeah. about the moment of awakening right like we could yeah. the moment maybe somebody has been starts to become woke or walks down that journey <laughs> and it's very common and i'm sure i did this back in the day the first thing is like oh oh wait i understand that that i have privilege or i understand that the world is is an inequitable i understand that you're you have hardships that i don't tell me what to do about it yeah tell me the person with more power and privilege what to do about it that that's often like gets a lot of pushback oh um, interesting okay well, not, not always not always yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I have friends of you know I, i'm in the the diversity equity and inclusion industry so there's tons and tons of uh yeah. you know deeply melanated folks uh and and other marginalizations that uh are devoted to that work and that do spend all day you know, professionally, um, kind of teaching more more privileged folks how to what to do and how to learn and all of that. Um, yeah. So I so anyway, that's that's one that comes to mind. Oh, that's interesting. Well, I, I'm glad I asked because that's a good example of something that is both enormously religious, right? Because if someone would ask that question of a person, then I would assume that same person is the person who's delivering the message that the circumstance that someone is enlightened about even exists. So then that's very religious, right? To speak in a, to sort of speak of uh, the conviction of an innate sense of wrongness, right? So in, in, in that would be very typical of how, even that's how evangelical Christianity works. Um, and I say evangelical, I know for some people, evangelical can mean the sort of like political movement. Um, it isn't that or it is, it is that only in a very, very recent in human history uh, fashion. So I ignore it because I'm a, I'm a semantic conservative. Um, so evangelical just means literally like you go and tell, you literally tell people, you evangelize, you go, hey, here's the truth. Uh, you in and of yourself are uh, sinful, imperfect. And that has enormous consequences, uh, most especially between you and God, but also with other people, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Like, you like lay it out and you can even sort of like functionally be like, well, I don't think that's true. And then you can kind of walk people through an explanation to, to, uh, to enlighten uh, that, that thing, that, um, that revelation like you're talking about. But then classically, that is the that's exactly the response you want from someone is to then in, in religion. So that's how what you're talking about is extremely religious because it's evangelical evangelically uh, proclaiming something that is a fundamental flaw with someone else um, that you, I guess in religion, you'd be saying this is this is the fundamental flaw of all of us. So I don't know, in your case, it might be slightly altered, but it's similar uh, to a religion. But then classically, the exact thing you want is to someone say, this is throughout the Bible too, okay, what, what must I do to be saved? 
And then you're like, yes, good. That's exactly the question I want to ask. And then you would typically be like, oh, here's what you do that you have to like, you have to uh, turn, repent, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. You must turn from yourself and uh, sort of rely on the, the per perfect sacrifice of Jesus Christ, right? In the, in the evangelical uh, framework. But here you're saying, generally so this might be interesting this would be a division of labor like bishops priests ministers or something if it's a if, if it's a religion um but if that would be for some people a question that they would then say go like sort of go and learn right which is a little more zen right that's like a fundamental principle of zen is like don't uh, what is it you must know all things for yourself i'm, I'm paraphrasing mm. but like don't don't take it from a teacher don't take it from a book you must go and like learn this thing you know which again which is i'm totally down because again it's like similar to what you like which is embodying when i do the same thing with worldviews or points of view as well as embodying as an actor or as i've done this week i'm like okay well i'm gonna put this lens on and go see if it's true you know kind of like experientially um so anyway i, I just thought it was i'm glad i asked you that question because that was really so in some ways that's very religious in other ways it's it, it would be highly unusual for a religion to then be like when someone asks that you're like don't talk to me about it or whatever or like oh i can't answer that question because to me that would be exactly the question you'd want someone to ask is like how do i how well, do and I, not and this I, way <laughs> right and i and i think i think part of what's happening there is that it's 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 kind of like an intervention <laughs> in it, uh, like a at least a knowledge immaturity, if not um, an attitude and behavioral immaturity, where I mean this these these conversations, particularly let's let's talk about um, racism. I mean these conversations are not new, and yeah. they're you go back to James Baldwin or or even earlier, like and that I think that was that was part of my experience was just, there was a sense of like, oh, wow, just because I heard about this thing must mean it's new. Uh, yeah. And, and, and obviously like I grew up, we, you know, we grew up in the eighties. So I don't know, that was kind of a strange period, you know, just a little while after the civil rights, kind of the, I guess, formal civil rights movement. Um, yeah. But that was often people refer to that as a period of colorblindness where we were, we were essentially told like not to see color and so even in that and of itself, I think there's a, a piece of um, this, uh, you know, wokeness or or just yeah. cultural cult, cultural um, I don't know signatories, if you will, of yeah. well, how should we be talking about this now? You know mm -hmm. that that yeah. seems to be kind of an over an overlying um, thread through all of this is like yeah how how ought we to be talking about this? You know, in that, and in that case, usually the criticism of being colorblind is like, well, we hadn't fixed it yet. So we can't sort of skip over it. And, you know, just if we, if we don't see color, then we don't see the human, then we're not seeing their, their melanation and we're not yeah. seeing maybe, but on the other side, other hand, other side of that is like not tipping to the other direction where we just assume all of those things about them, where, where we just see some, yeah. you know, a dark skinned yeah, person yeah. and we suddenly just assume all of these things about their lives because, I think yeah. that's that's one of the things I think is so valuable in general, and that's what we're here to do: is interrogating our beliefs, our programming, our behavior. Um, you know, to me, this relates to consciousness, uh, mm. and which I feel like is in, usually in the ways I've experienced it, kind of evolved out of New Age. Um, and there are parts of that that are very, very valuable in terms of like knowing ourselves and how does 
yeah how does our brain chemistry work and yeah, how do yeah. our bodies work and what and spirituality and there's a lot of really good work to unpack uh, a lot of just self-awareness much yeah. broad, broadly as possible right um now i've often judged those circles uh let's say for not being woke <laughs> i've softened <laughs> on that just because i think the other side of this interrogation that's not so valuable is policing each other and I, and I think that's one of the things you're getting at with with the questioning or with one of the, some of the things you encounter out there, you know, in the wild lands of social media. Yeah. Um, you know, and I, it happened to me, I don't know, a couple of years ago, I think. I, I had posted a, a, a Jordan Peterson video on Facebook and I'm not, we don't need to launch into that, that rabbit hole. Um, you know, I've, there are, I think there are some valuable things about Jordan Peterson and some problematic things. He is human. And this video in particular was just about psychology. I mean, yeah. he's a very he's a very gifted teacher, I think. And yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's his bail. I mean, that's literally his, that's yeah. his degree, his degree that's, and that's decades his of experience. Yeah, it's what he does. And I'm I'm aware of the controversy um, about things he said um, and and his commitment even to things like pronouns and, and trans people. Um, yeah. I, I want to rephrase that. <laughs> that I would say most people would say he's not committed to things like pronouns and trans people. Um, again, no. not to go down that rabbit hole right now. No, no, no. no. The, the, what what bothered me is somebody showed up who I would say is is very much in kind of woke, you know, progressive, politically correct culture, and just made a total character indictment. Yeah, and I was like, I can't remember how I responded, but it was sort of like in the vein that you're talking about. I was just like hey you know thanks for checking in like <laughs> yeah. i'm curious like did are you talking about this video in particular or jordan peterson in general or yeah it, yeah just there was no purchase there for for an actual conversation and then, yeah. and then she eventually unfriended me <laughs> it's like oh okay uh, oh okay kind of, yeah and you know like the most generous um thing i can offer is that she wanted to she felt that was an act of protecting herself Mm -hmm. that somehow this conversation was so triggering uh or i can imagine some people just being triggered by jordan peterson um you know maybe that was it and and yet that's very sad to me because that's that's the antithesis of i think what we're trying to do here and just find things we can interrogate and learn yeah yeah and how to yeah how to actually yeah allow allow room for for expansion um yeah fear uh, we've talked about many many it, it comes up in everything fear is a uh, is a powerful, um, it's a powerful response and it can trigger all sorts of behavior that is both um, uh, both reasonable and unreasonable. Oh, I wanna go back though to one thing you were saying, cause you brought up James Baldwin, who I adore. Almost, I had like a, even like a weird semi obsession with uh, James Baldwin, especially in, not for me in the eighties, but in the, and obviously much, it was after his uh, sort of uh, um, whatever prolific years, uh, but I read everything he had written um, in the 90s, uh, like mid 90s. Um, and then it was awesome too, cause I, uh, I got kicked out of a couple of schools. So I kind of, I, I skipped second grade, but then I had to sort of repeat half of a year near the end of my uh, high school experience um, because of getting kicked out and missing school and stuff. And I got to do AP English language, which is like, so I got to do two AP Englishes um, and my awesome teacher, uh, Dr. Wheeler at University School Nashville. Shout out Dr. Wheeler, if you ever hear this, I appreciate you uh, and love you and you uh, affected my life in so many ways. So shout out to awesome teachers. Um, she basically uh, designed a whole curriculum just for me. 
because I was the only person having to kind of repeat. And I was like, I already did AP English. I want to do something else. She's like, well, there's this option. So AP English language sounds like a sort of grammatical semantic thing, which would be totally my bag, but it's not. It's actually sort of inclined towards nonfiction. So she designed a whole nonfiction curriculum just for me, um, which featured uh, works. And she was like, who do you like? And I was like, well, with James Baldwin. She's like, oh, if you like James Baldwin, you like Joan Didion. If you like Joan Didion, blah, blah, blah. So I got to read him in that. So I got to study him uh, academically uh, as well as just uh, read his writings. And I would say similar, he brought up a lot of similar Similar things. I would say the one thing that has transformed in the present examination of race is the idea that's much closer to the religious. And he was steeped in religious religious culture in his youth or whatever. Go Tell It on the Mountain is semi-autobiographical and kind of about sort of moving out of religious awakening into, you know, a consciousness of self. Um, is the inherent nature of some of these problems. So like the language of like whiteness, meaning having all these things to do with inherent characteristics of racial of racial identity or even in some ways and you're you we've talked about this too almost using a racial term to mean a non-racial thing but I, I don't think that's tenable because that's that's it's too broad it's too big of a proposal to actually make that functional in in the world that's a color blindness you know what i mean you're, you're getting way too ahead of yourself to to do that so but it proposes like an inherent or original sin you know of, of privilege so then i'd say that's the one that's the kind of big leap that is, I, I think, very new. It's a very new concept to sort of suggest anyone is inherently, especially in this thing, inherently um, inherently wrong or bad because of something related to their race or color, um, other than in supremacist. Obviously, we've had that in supremacist language throughout our entire lifetime and the lifetime of humanity since race was invented. Um, but it is so much like original sin with this strange caveat, which I find the most troubling is, but some people have worse original sin than others in that sense. Like you, everyone has privilege, right? So everyone has original sin, but you as a member of a particular cast of society have more sin. So that's troubling to me. That's that, and that's to me where it gets into religion slash culty, where it's a, that's, and that's the, it's, it's honestly what I, I see this too, because I've seen this in Christianity where some people communicate the message of Christ as like, we are without sin. You are the sinful one. The sort of the you, the you pointing sin, as opposed to the, the message of the gospel, the message of the Bible is we literally all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. There is nobody, uh, there's none of us are excluded. Like I'm not excluded, you're not excluded. If I'm a, if you're the bishop, if you're the Pope, if you're the whoever, you're not excluded from that categorization, you know? Now there are people who do things or whatever, you know, that you may have, you've murdered people and I've just thought about murdering people or whatever, you know what I mean? That we, we acknowledge prag pragmatism, but that's a very interesting alteration or a new addition that I think has taken something in from cultural examination potentially into the realm uh, of, of religion. Sorry, anyway, I thought that was cool. I love James Baldwin and anytime, anytime I can talk about that man. Uh, he was just, he was just so smart, man. And we just don't have, we don't have public intellectuals like that right now. It's so funny. There's so much talking all over the place, but like, I think because at the time it was so much, airspace was so much more limited, the people who would rise to the top and kind of be frequent like talk show guests to talk about, not just like, oh, what's your latest project? <laughs> Let's play a game. But like, oh my gosh, talk about life and reality and, and, and do so in a way that was like kind of funny and witty. You know what I mean? It felt like you were at like a party 
of like literary geniuses every time James Baldwin, you know, smoked and, and relate and relate his, his, uh, his pontifications on the world. Well, yeah, and this is funny to me because this, this is an area where I'm sure a lot of people listening to this as, as I have, I think, picked up a lot of the, you know, cultural tenets of, of wokeness over the years. Um, and I'm questioning that a bit right now. Um, you, you have not, at least, at least in sort of anti-racist woke culture. And yet here we are, like you've actually clearly read more Baldwin than I have, and you did it at an earlier time in your life. So I just want to point that out as just, you know, yeah. I, yeah, I just yeah, yeah. think that's worth pointing out. <laughs> yeah. um, so I, I feel like uh, there's just a few things I jotted down in yeah. terms of like, like, yeah, let's, let's build the, the structure for this a little bit more. Yeah. We've thrown out a few terms. Um, you know, one of them we've mentioned a few times, religion, yeah. uh, religion and cults and religion you know, I think it's worth coming up with some kind of um, definition for that or boundary for that. But cults is a little easier, actually. One of my mentors a few years ago mm. said, well, you know a cult by how they treat you when you try to leave. Which I, I appreciate that definition of a cult. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah. A lot of what is going on here around the tribalism and, and you know, maybe almost desperately wanting the group uh, wanting to hold people in so that we may so that we remain a group because sure it's, it's totally yeah. group to, to dissipate i'm actually going through that with one of my groups right now yeah it's totally and, and it's practical yeah and it's practical sense. right we yeah. need we need each other right? we need to be yeah we're interdependent and then yeah. and then for the person just uh you know the the fear of of leaving the group yeah. and the fear of how um yeah, I mean, to that point, you know, can we survive outside of the group? Um, yeah. But just, yeah, like, um, what is, you know, what is actually holding me in, in this group? Is it something, is it a deep conviction and a alignment of values and yeah, maybe some work we're doing together? Or is it literally the fear of leaving uh, that is what is keeping me in this group? So th those are some ideas mm. I have around the word cult and maybe we could then yeah see over to religion yeah 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 no that's interesting yeah see to me that's uh in my own experience within the religious realm having gone to uh, protestant Christ christian churches uh throughout my life um my mom was uh born again when i was in her womb um my dad uh, is an atheist um, and staunchly uh adamantly even sometimes uh profanely so uh <laughs> but my mom so i grew up though going to church with my mom uh, a bunch of different places um to me the churches where i felt the most adversarial to the entire sort of order of things uh were those in which my interrogations were received with a manner uh I would even just say like a prickliness. Um, I have always asked questions. I've always interrogated just about everything, partially because I'm like, mm. again, like we said, like if someone has an emotional response, I, I think, and again, I don't know if you validated this, so I don't want to keep saying this, like this is true, but if someone has an emotional response that your tendency is to go, oh, and like kind of come near them. <laughs> and my tendency is really? So when people make claims, my tendency generally is really? Uh, no matter who they are. Um, and I'm like, mm, I, I don't know. 
if, especially if something uh, I, I haven't heard or they're saying it in a real adamant fashion, I'm like, you seem real adamant. So you, you're, if you're saying something with that level of conviction, I assume you're, you will be wildly open to all, you've already interrogated this as richly as possible. So any questions I ask wouldn't be provocative, but indeed would be like, oh, I'll be happy to walk you through that. Had those same questions myself, did so. Um, I'd say about two times amongst 30, maybe, I don't know, 30, 40 different uh, uh, church uh, scenarios. Um, I'd say like two, yeah, maybe two or three over like a 30 year span was in certain churches where after three or four layers of questioning, people got tense and weird. And I was like, this is not okay. <laughs> this is not good. This is, this is religion to me malfunctioning. Uh, now there's some, you need some sort of order in terms of like in, in the middle of like you're conducting a service or whatever for me to stand up and be like, I have some questions. You're like, I understand you're trying to, I, it's not super appropriate to interrupt a TED talk, right? Uh, so that's kind of what a sermon is. Um, but generally that's where churches are like kind of seen as generally like the worst, right? Oh, I wasn't able to ask questions. And I see pe many people who have left, who have left the church and so many of them say, like 80% of the people say, uh, it's because I wasn't allowed to ask questions. I asked questions, people started treating me weird and just being like, no, no. And I was like, you can't even ask questions. That's not even making statements that yes, you can decide are heresy, which means, okay, the things you're saying are literally contrary to what we believe here. So we're gonna ask you not to be a part of this because you're not a part of this. I can understand that with any group, right? You're like, I have to ask you to leave the group because you do not believe in the principles of the group. Totally reasonable. Um, this is how we, <laughs> this is how we send people to prison, right? Um, it makes sense, but uh, not not the way that we send people to prison. We both have problems with that, but you know what I mean. Um, but yeah, not being able to ask a question to me is very cult-like, because then it's even more cult-like than not even trying to leave. That even if you're just trying to go, oh, what's up with that? And people are like, mm, blocking in five, four, three, two. And we saw an example of this. Maybe we'll talk about this in a different episode. But um, there was a. Uh, senatorial or something, right? Uh, Senator Josh Hawley was asking questions of a law professor, uh, Dr. Bridges, and um, he was asking questions about trans uh, identification, I guess, essentially. And then she immediately accused him of being transphobic. And we're not gonna go fully into that, but I just like, that was an example of, that provoked this idea. And I've had this in my same thing, asking people questions and they shut me down or start calling me names very quickly. And sort of that woman then called him name, like literally called him, a name that wasn't factual. She called him transphobic in that case, and which is an irrational fear of trans identifying people. And, and none, none of his questions illuminated in a, an irrational fear of anything. He seemed pretty calm or whatever. I was just asking a question. So to me, anything you can't ask a question of is like that does get into the cult realm of no, questions are verboten. Or, and, and this is why I question too, this like emotional labor concept of like, it's a, is that, I don't know, is that just a different version of refusing to answer a question? I tend to think if people won't answer a question or will shut you down for questioning is they don't have an answer to the question. That's my assumption. In which case, then I, why am I gonna believe anything that they're saying? Then I don't even believe that they believe what they're saying. You know, and that's what I felt like in Christian churches too. I was like, are these people even Christians? Like if they won't stand up to my asking questions of them about Jesus said this or Jesus said that, and but, well, why is this? Then I was like, do they even believe in God then? If they're just like, no, you can't ask God that, you know? I was like, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. And um, <laughs> I know we decided not to go deeper, at least play the clip, but briefly that that 
that clip is interesting to me because it i mean i have trained a, a woke part of me and that's that's what i sure. want to actually examine personally oh, interesting yeah 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 and so part the woke part was like oh yeah like white man in power interrogating uh you know what appeared to be a black woman yeah and the power dynamics there i think are imbalanced and so that part of me is you know understands the, that half of how people reacted and i think that's one of the things that fascinated you right as you actually scanned through all the comments and you were like wow this one clip actually provoked kind of e almost equally these two but you know two to what totally oppositional interpretations yeah like, yeah fully yeah opposite yeah. direction it, but and I take a step back and I'm like, well, I, you know, I don't even 100% understand what the hearing was, what it was part of, but the reality <laughs> is that it was a hearing, like that's the deal. Like if you're there in that environment, you are being questioned. Yeah, 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 and, yeah. You're giving and, testimony. Yeah. You're giving testimony. Yeah. And it kind of, you know, goes back to the thing I said at the very beginning, like I think not all questions are in good faith. And that's certainly true of, of some things I've seen happen in hearings as well. Oh, absolutely. So, yeah. Uh, but even a bad faith question, if you can answer it, I mean, I guess to me, my default always is answer the question. I, I, I don't know. I, 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 but, but again, I, this, we talked about this last week too, that I, I, am a, I believe in the lasso of truth, Wonder Woman theory, that if someone asks you a question, you do your best to answer it truthfully. This is just how human beings speak. So then you're basically like, well, communication is not how I, that's not how I walk through the world. Um, but I also have an indefatigable, borderline indefatigable energy for answering questions. And I, I know a lot of people don't. My stepfather for, is a great example of he, you ask him two, three questions when he would get home from work and he would be like losing his mind. And then there's I, me, where I might answer the question four hours later, but I'll answer it. <laughs> I'll answer it. Yeah, yeah. I'll answer 16 other questions before I answer a question, but you're getting some answers, dude. Um, and this, this, I think we've been into a couple of other pieces. So something about that to me um, is about having an agenda, you know, and sure. that's certainly yeah. viable. That's certainly true of, of activists. I'm, Hopefully yes. we have an agenda. <laughs> well, yeah. What are we? What are we acting for? What are, What are we doing? Um, yeah, you know, and, and it, it's. I think, yeah, it's the question of when does that activism, you know, when is that actually moving the agenda forward, and and when is that actually, you know, standing in the way of of a constructive conversation? Yeah. Um, and one of the, I guess, I was grateful because I went to a workshop many years ago by Surge, uh, showing up for racial justice here in Chicago, and. It was when I was really starting to dig into, you know, um, racism in particular, and it was called "Ally as a Verb," hmm. and I, I'm really grateful that that was one of my kind of foundational pillars, uh, because the whole and I swear to God, it took me halfway through the workshop to even understand what it meant, uh, and that's because there's this attraction to the label, there's this attraction, especially with the word "ally," and there's a shit ton of pushback to that and i understand why because it can be quite performative just to to pick up the label and to self-diagnose um, and say well well i'm an ally uh whereas it take it can take away the emphasis on well well how are you an ally or what are you what are you actually doing day to day um to be an ally or or, or have you just kind of picked up the term yeah is the, is the main point there and so 
you know, even the word ally is, I'd say, largely controversial. Um, there are some folks I really respect that use it, like Dr. David Camp with the White Ally uh, Toolkit. Um, I think allyship is a, it's a word I've used in some of my workshops. You know, it's, it's I think, a slightly safer ground in the context of, like, that, that implies motion, that implies action, mm -hmm. a way of being, if you will, a commitment to, to ongoing work, perhaps. Yeah. Um, but what? you could argue linguistically yeah. that that's really splitting hairs. You know? Yeah, yeah. What is an, I mean, because I that's not a term that exists in my world at all. I mean, I mean, I, I see people using it and I understand what it means like in classic semantics, but like, what are you, like allies to me has this strange sense of remove. So I'm trying to, I'm trying to examine today with the presupposition that woke, the sort of quote unquote woke is, a, and I know, again, I, I, I know for some people that seems diminutive and I don't mean it in that sense. I just mean, this is a term that we can both use that everyone kind of knows generally what we're talking about. I don't mean it as, as an insult. I'm just trying to use it for whatever, the simplicity of conversation. But looking as woke as, as religion, ally has this strange thing where it seems separate from whatever fundamentally is going on. Like it has to me a bit of like a, uh, a Jew and Gentile <laughs> kind of, it, has a, it seems to have a binary where you, as an ally, you are outside of the, con of the actual thrust of the religion in some ways, right? That you aren't, um, yeah, just like, for example, like uh, the allies were the people who came to, you know, defend a country, right? Uh, or Ukraine or whatever, like we ally with Ukraine against Russia, but it's really Ukraine's conflict. So that means we're secondary, we're, we're really outside of a thing, just kind of supporting something else that's happening. And that that part is, I don't even, so I don't even really know what it what it means like why why yeah, I guess that's the question. Why would you even ever want to identify yourselves in as an ally instead of I'm part I'm I'm part of the central thing. I guess the, there's no there's no corollary to Christianity with that one. So I I don't even know how to frame it in terms of my own like there's no one for one. There's no version of Christianity where you're like not a Christian but I'm with you. I mean I guess there is, but I don't know who those people are. Like I'm 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 for Christian value. I mean maybe Jordan Peterson's a great example actually. He is he's an ally of Christianity. He is pro uh, pro biblical, pro like Christian ethos, but he is not a Christian. He's he's whatever agnostic or whatever. You know, he's not that. So I suppose that would be a version. But he wouldn't say th that, I guess. So is that kind of what it means or does it mean something different? Um yeah, uh, so let's do this. Let's let's attempt to define ally, woke, and religion because I don't know that we've actually done that yet. Yeah, um, I have religion pulled up on the old Oxford English Dictionary. We're coning. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, I do think that's part of the challenge with ally. Is it? Is it? Is both uh, a, li a little more hands off than it ought to be to I, I think have yeah. be meaningful um, and. Yeah, and as I was saying, like more focused on like the label or the identity than than necessarily the work. One of the challenges, I mean, I have with it, uh, an upgrade to that might be, uh, you know, a, an accomplice is is I think the there's various you know ways. I've to heard that. The, the I've chain, heard that. The yeah, yeah. Ally continuum. And, and yeah, like that. And so provocative. It's so provocative though, because it's criminal. You know, it's a criminal term. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. Our, that's my association, right? And it's yeah. it is because uh, I do I do I think we're living in maybe we always have like a corrective 
period. Like, to me, that's what activism is. Like, oh, here's yeah. this thing I want to see shifted or change or yeah, yeah, yeah. in the world. And so, yeah, so, and I've, and the, even there, like, I don't, I guess the main thing I've, the way it attaches to wokeness for me is that, is this piece of, can I call myself that? Hmm. Or do I, or do I, or do I, is it, uh, is it really only if somebody I have allied with <laughs> or been an accomplice with, mm. it's only when they designate me. So, um, and again, even that's getting tangled up. Oh, yeah. Does it even matter? Does the label even matter? Yeah. And that's a whole thing around, you know, early on, I was one of my mentors in anti-racism was like, you don't do it for cookies. You'll never get any cookies. Nobody's ever going to any cookies. And I was like, yeah. Okay. So I kind of accepted that. People do. That's, I mean, this is not true, but I, the, I people do give, I, I have no, to imagine do. people literally, literally bring cookies to oh, actual to, cookies. Yeah. Oh, you, probably, you probably show up to certain meetings and they literally give you cookies for identifying with their, their ethos. But yes. But this, but this idea of like, never, don't do it for it. Never yeah. giving an accolade or never rewarding. Yeah. yeah. There's some pieces of this that to me reveal just kind of a lack of understanding about human motivation and psychology. <laughs> yeah. It does seem to, there's a piece of this. Um, and I'm, I'm doing a, a piss poor job of actually defining, <laughs> sticking to the structure I just mentioned. But there, there, there's a piece of this that seems valuable in terms of interrogation of yeah. concepts and terms and behaviors. And then there's a piece of this that starts to feel um, like it's actually working against progress. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, for me, woke, I would say, is most fundamentally about awareness. Mm -hmm. you know and and that that could apply quite quite broadly like i was saying about consciousness work like am i really yeah. aware who, of my body am i aware of my thoughts am i aware of where they came from and in, yeah. in the 21st century lord knows the science of programming us has become oh my incredibly, gosh. incredibly refined i was, I was yeah. at a, i was at a talk a few years ago and there was a decision scientist that's a whole thing yeah yeah even a few years ago, she was up there saying she estimated 90% of her decisions and thoughts were programmed by some, yeah, know, whatever, corporation or media or, or whatnot. Yeah, yeah. So that's, I think, a huge piece of it. And yeah. that's one of the, like, kind of pieces of cognitive dissonance around how you operate meeting, quote unquote, woke culture, because, you know, I see you digging really deep and, and yeah. doing research and actually reading the bill, which I know I, I still haven't read it. No, um, it's only one page. But yeah, yeah. Come on, come on, man. I'm busy. Come on, come on. I got stuff. Um, I uh, I lost it. So so yeah, you know, in a way, like you are really deeply committed. I think I think we both are in our in different ways, but I see you being yeah. really committed to actually kind of looking looking at what's under it and looking under the surface and then i'm hearing yeah. that's often when you get blocked which to me goes back to that definition of cult because it's it's yeah. essentially like we're, we're recognizing you aren't you aren't in this cult and so we're gonna yeah like yeah yeah well then and that to me is the thing that's made it very religious where i'm like okay because woke doesn't i would agree in general that's what i thought woke meant like 
years ago or whatever. And I, for years, uh, always like to use the branding from this um, group. This is not related to woke, but they were called the Wide Awakes. It's like during Lincoln's day. They just had great branding. I was trying to, I tried to name an improv troupe about it like 15 years ago or whatever. Uh, so I just, I liked the language. So when people started saying woke, uh, literally people called me, I've, I've been called woke, literally like probably seven or eight years ago though. Um, They're like, you're woke, you get it. You, you know what I'm saying? And then I was like, well, I like it. And then I'm being awakened, I'm wide awake. Uh, the Bible is replete with language like that, that says we're all born spiritually dead. Uh, the Holy Spirit of God moves on us through uh, through belief in Christ. And then you become alive. Literally, you, it's sort of you wake up or you become spiritually alive for the first time in your life, that sort of thing. So like, it's, it's all in there. It's all very religious language, that sort of thing. But I think what I keep confronting is in its current form, and I don't know who these people are, whether they're represent, truly, re this is the ally question. This is uh, if they're representative in any way of the movement, quote unquote, or of the religion. But people who then don't seem aware, because almost every single person I talk to and then go, okay, well, what about this? And what about this? And what about this? And then I found this, this, and this. And then they're like, get out of here. You're hateful, essentially. And so I'm like, well, wait a second. It seems then you're not aware. So you're not what, like you are you're a false convert or whatever. You know what I mean? That's like the same thing with Christians. And this is what I do with Christians my entire life. You're like, oh, you're a Christian? You're like, oh, cool. And then you start having conversations, but if something comes up and they say something weird, you don't go, hmm, all right, that's different from now I think. I'll just be quiet about that. You don't, of course not. Why wouldn't you? If you love somebody, you'd be like, oh, well, wait a second. Why are you saying that? And this, and you start interrogating and then kind of ascertain. And again, this is not for the, the purposes of, I have any authority to excommunicate a fellow Christian, but if you're just going, oh, okay, wait, are we in the same tribe? Are we of this on the same page? Are we are we are we talking about the same thing? Or are we using these labels differently? And I think that's the thing is like woke doesn't seem very awakened, just in my personal experience, where people can't stand up to interrogation and don't have answers for any of my questions. In which case, I'm like, well, that's not very aware. Like if you're less aware than I am in the 27 minutes of us having this conversation, then I I. I don't think you're, I think you're still asleep, essentially. But wait, I want to go to ally though. Sorry, I still have this one question about ally. And I think, because I think it might get to the same point. Like is an ally, is an ally mean ally to like a person or a group of people? Or is it ally to an ethos or like ideology? That's what I was trying to, I don't know what it the, is. Maybe all the above. I, I usually think of it more interpersonally, but that's, that's kind of my disposition. Um, and yeah. in fact, that's even the way I just described woke a second ago, which I want to expand. Yeah. Uh, so I, and I would say probably more importantly, it is it is a, being an ally to a movement, being an ally to justice, you could say being an ally to- Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, so wait, so everyone's an ally, like in that sense, everyone's an ally to the movement. There's no people who are, are the movement and then there's ally. So it's not like an ally term in like a, a military well, sense. No, it could be very specific. Like, like you know, say you're at a protest. Um, yeah. One of, those, one of the strategies is, is to put white bodies up front because the police are less likely to hurt them. Or even if they do, like, there's a sense of, well, that's, yeah, you know, that's one thing we can do as white allies, let's say, is use our bodies. Oh, okay, okay. To All right. Oh, that's interesting. Oh, yeah. that's okay. That's, that is. Okay, so it is separate then. You're separate in the move, like, because an ally is separate from uh, a division, right? So in the military, you have, let's just say in the old, because I don't know enough about the military, an old school military, right? You have like infantry and you have, uh, you know, archers and you have uh, horsemen or whatever. And so all in that case, you're basically functioning as a shield holders, right? 
So you're still, you're just still part of the army. You're part of the a Roman army, right? They had shield holders, right? And then they had archers and stuff. So you're just saying, oh, we're shield holders. But if you're an ally, you're actually separate. You're not part of the role. You're not part of the military. You're not part of the army. So you're saying you're separate, but you're part of the, you're, you're joined with, you know what I'm saying? That's the weird thing about ally. I find it a very disturbing term. Cause I'm like, well, ally to what though? What do you mean? How are you not that? Well, Maybe I'm too new agey. Where I'm no, like, we're, no, all, no. we're all people, we're all stardust, man. <laughs> well, the, and there is a piece of that that's really important. So there's a couple of things I wanna to get to. Um, yeah. One is, I, I just do wanna, I, I was talking about being woke is, is really like an internal awareness. And that is extraordinarily important. And it's something I see missing in, the, in a lot of activist spaces as I've spent years doing a lot of my own deep work and healing. Yeah. I've, I'm trained as a coach, you know, so I I do understand a lot of like what that what that is to transform internally. And yeah. the other part of woke is is understanding history as best we can, like really yeah. not, not kind of settling for I don't know what, what the history we learned. Uh, I think growing up, which I feel like was incomplete, and uh, so that's that's the other big piece of it is really you know, yeah, reading Baldwin, reading and going back and, and yeah, understanding those things better, more more about our society and our culture and how we came to be here and how, how these things have been going on. And of course, yeah. there's no actual consensus about any of that either. So a lot of different pieces. Uh, but the, what you're getting at too, is I would just label as collective liberation, uh, which is, I think, an important term. And it's really in mm. some level of debate in one of the activist groups that I'm in right now, and there, there a lot of it's hard, I think, for people generally to hold two opposing um, ideas. And that's again, that's a lot of the I think the consciousness work, you know, that I've done is to mm-hmm. to try to be in that, be in the contradiction. I think that's a lot of yeah. what, we're, what we're actually avoiding is being in, in something that's deeply contradictory and maybe has no simple answer. I mean, like abortion is a yeah. good example of that. Uh, I think based on everything and our conversation. Um, <laughs> yeah. But collective liberation, the idea, is, you know, one of the one of the ways, speaking as a as a white man, is, you know, I, I believe our culture is really quite sick, generally. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, I yeah. just think we you could look at so many measures, whether that's, uh, I mean, the disparities in life life expectancy. Um, I mean, we've talked about obesity, op- opioid epidemic. Um, yeah, you know, take your pick. We use something like two and a half Earths of resources every year. Yeah. Like, wow, we are just kind of spoiled brats, I think, right now, rolling, yeah. rolling around you know, in it. And so this idea of collective liberation says the other the problem, and I think maybe this is what you're getting at with Ally, is that it it also separates me from the idea that I I need to be healed and I need to be liberated because this this the way we've set up this culture isn't serving me either. And you could look at specific stats around like yeah. white white male suicide yeah. or or yeah know, yeah yeah even life expectancy and, and whatnot um yeah so oh yeah we're right in that slot i realized i'd forgotten that where you were fully we're in the slot we're the most we're the most suicide prone uh categorized uh, people in the united states yeah and i i could riff on that for a long time and and i think that right. the, the the thing i think that we ought to try to hold <laughs> both or maybe more than both <laughs> lots, of, yeah. lots of things simultaneously is what does it mean to be collectively liberated you know we don't um to the extent we even want to use a term like social justice you know i was i just finished a a, a really beautiful you know uh, coursework in that 
and they, you know, one of the teachers um, who I really respect, uh, Rev. Angel Kyoto Williams, just said, look, we don't know. None of us actually knows yeah. what it looks yeah. like to live in, in a, an equitable, you know, socially just society. We, yeah. we, just, we haven't achieved that yet. And, yeah. and I just, I love that because well, I nobody, yeah, no problem, one does. Yeah. Part of the problem with, with how I perceive, you know, wokeness or woke culture is, is kind of an insinuation that we do that like, this yeah. is the right way. This is the right yes. language. This is the yeah. right you know, way to do it. And there was a, she had an, an really unbelievable way of kind of holding that that's not exactly true because none of us know that yeah. while also not throwing it all out. You know, I think that's, yeah. that's other tendency is just to be like, nope, that's not right. So let's just throw it all out. It's meaningless. Um, yeah. I, yeah. There's, there is value there. There's a, tr a tremendous body of, of work around that. There's a lot of unpacking of, I think, truths and stories that are, they're valuable. Um, yeah. And the last thing I want to weave in yeah. to this piece is just that, you know, I, I have been very attracted to that idea. Mm -hmm. that, and I think this is where I have to look at my own psychology. Uh, it's human nature to, well, first of all, be in tribes, right? Like that's, that's just yeah. a, that's just so it may be the most fundamental piece right around belonging yeah. we need to be we need yeah. each other we need to be in tribes to survive yeah so that's a big piece of it um and in fact actually i was at a thing yesterday about um compassion and policing and i was talking to a, a police officer and he was saying that gangs in chicago gang attendance increased during covid because of course we took yeah. away yeah. every other avenue they had for socialization yeah yeah yeah, yeah. um so that just popped in my mind. Uh, so, but this, I have—I will admit, I have been extremely attracted to woke culture. Some of that, uh, I think, was my un, uh, my own like self-flagellation of like, oh God, yeah, I'm one of the, I'm I'm an I'm an awful white man, um, you know. And and so some of this, and when I say things like this, it's it's because I've done a lot of work to unpack my subconscious. Uh, it's not not necessarily profess these things or want your or want to believe them but i say they're true because <laughs> yeah, i've done yeah. some, some work and i would say yes i was attracted to these things because it it did feel like a, it feels good to have um you know power it feels good to be one of the good ones so to speak uh, <laughs> yes yeah 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 and i don't think i am i want to be really you know clear there i don't think it's i don't think it's important to go around saying i'm one of the good ones i don't think that's true i think we're unpacking you know, such deep cultural phenomena that, that there really is no being a good one. Um, mm, mm. Um, other than maybe just being in the game of interrogate interrogation, like, like, yeah, I think we both are like, that's maybe the best, the only way to be a, a quote, unquote, good one. You know, it's not about the problem with that idea of being a good one is just checking a box. Anytime we're checking a box and saying, Oh, I'm done. That's, we've given up, right? And we've, yeah, yeah. Settled. Yeah. Well, yeah, and I think, and that's, I think that's why this whole idea of asking questions, literally interrogating, um, and even interrogating, right? Interrogating doesn't really suggest good faith, but because it's, it's in, it's an intense, and it's not looking to like, it's looking to figure some things out. You know what I mean? It's not looking to just explore or like open, liberally communicate our things. It's like, no, 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 let's get to the flipping bottom of this. We need to be serious, right? Which is part of the thing that pervades religion in general, but uh, wokeism as well. I was just talking about this this morning in my devotion. There's this, um, uh, so similar, again, all of that stuff you're describing is wildly religious, right? Essentially the 
uh, all this is Christianity, right? All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. It means we're all damaged. All creation. This is the whole story of the fall, right? So humankind chooses chooses self governance over obedience to God, and all things are ruptured. Everything is everything is broken. Everything is messed up. Oh no! What do we do about it? And this is where religion comes in, right? This is this is essentially more or less what every single religion on the planet believes, which is things aren't the way they uh, should, things are not ideal <laughs> and things should be ideal. Some part of us is like, things should be better than the way they are, which is a fascinating revelation that that happened around the world. And that's because things are jacked up. Every society in human history has had things they did good and things they did poorly, but they never did things perfectly ever. And yet some part of us is like, maybe we can, which is, I mean, it's really all about perfectionism, chasing perfectionism, ultimately, knowing we're going to fail. And then what religions, all religions propose is here is the method of solution. And I would say what all religions propose is statistically all, here is the, no, actually all, here is the only way of solution. So like, and then it invites us and it is exciting. I mean, I see this as a Christian or whatever, that like the box that I, I get to check is uh, through Christ's perfection, uh, his, in, in his sacrifice, my, my penalty for my imperfection is dealt with. And then his perfection is sort of imputed to me. So the box is checked of like, okay, well then God isn't, I'm not abiding under God's wrath anymore. It's kind of what the Bible talks about being children of wrath. And so you become a child of God. But then it says, so that's really the doneness and it's not my action. So it's nothing about special about me or identity about me, or there's no way for me to earn it. It's impossible because I've failed in it. I've tried and failed. However, there's this whole thing about faith without works is dead. So then out of the enthusiasm for that new, that box checked, I then engage in the work, right? I go set about being, so the Bible says it like being the hands and feet of, of, of God or Christ's hands and feet. So you go set about to do the work. And then if you don't, aren't doing the work, then it's kind of revelatory for the fact that you really don't even have the faith to begin with. If you're not engaged in some level of repair of this world. And that's hugely exciting. Now I resist naturally the, the tribalistic impulse and I've had to really strive and I only do it out of obedience to the Bible because um, it says, do not forsake as some have the gathering together. And I just kept reading that when I was just reading the Bible, I kept coming to that verse. And I was like, wait, how did they end up here? I was just looking at something else. Um, and so I was like, okay, I got to gather together with people and do it. Because I definitely tend much more into like, I admired Ronan as a kid. I wanted to like, be a samurai or Wolverine. This like lone wolf idea was mm. like super, what I'm super into. Um, mostly because of these interactions. When I come and gather and try to really do the work intensely with people of examining, I reject, and again, this is about my fear of rejection or fear of being cast out of the tribes because I've literally been cast out of many, many tribes. <laughs> Kicked out of friend groups, uh, asked to leave churches. Um, and my mom is like this too. So this is multi-generations and people being asked to leave groups. Um, and then, and then being blocked on a, on a regular basis. When, as far as I can tell, I know I can do it in an antagonistic way. And I, I, I am not, I, again, I don't have those empathic concerns, but interrogation I thought was at least essentially what we're all up to. Um, but anyway, I say all this is to be like, I'll say all those things about Christianity. Cause I was like, I think there's so many kinships with the fundamental sort of like woke religion we're talking about. And I, I say all this too, again, not to, in order to profess my own religious inclinations, so as not, 
I think a lot of times when people like criticize wokeness, again, this is part of the problem. People are like, oh, cause you're, you hate it. You know what I mean? You hate improvement. Nope, don't at all. I'm fully religious and so I get it. And I think if people saw wokeness as a religion, A, people inside of any sort of movement there are like, okay, well, I'm functioning on a religious basis, which means I know some of my suppositions are belief are faith-based. They're not evidence-based. You know what I mean? Uh, they should at least be reason-based. I don't think there's anything, but if you're wrestling like you're talking about with this sort of overarching perfection truth, this is like for a Christian knowing the mind of God, we do everything God says, but to say that we fully know what God is up to is insane because he's an infinite creator being, right? And we're finite creatures. So we're, we're sort of grasping and sometimes vainly, sometimes surely, but we're, ain't, we're heading the right direction, hopefully. Um, so then to see that uh, in wokeness, I think be really helpful for people within the thing to be like, oh, okay, well, I'm, I'm a religious person and that's helpful for me to frame this. And it'd be super helpful for people who are antagonistic to wokeness to not just be like, what is wrong with you? Because where I see a lot of the conflict is people are like, you're questioning uh, reality, you know? Um, and so then if you ask questions about ask questions about the reality that someone within that religion holds, this is where I, I start to think it's cultish, then, the, then hostility is the response, insult, dismissal. Um, whereas if we're all, if we realize that it's a religion, then a fun, there are a lot of fundamental agreements about religions. Hostilities will arise, but we don't need to foster them. And we certainly don't want to go to them quickly. You know what I mean? You want to at least find a place of like, well, there, there will be commonalities. There's places where we can work together. Like talk about mutuality, right? There, there, there are places when interfaith um, coalitions are appropriate. And I totally get it. There are also a ton of places where interfaith coalitions are completely inappropriate because it would be syncretistic and literally damage the whole thing of like, this is the way because you're going to be heading different directions. Yeah, I a couple of threads I want to pick up. One is yeah, uh, qu quite some time ago, uh, gosh, <laughs> almost 20 years ago, I guess, um, you know, I dated uh, somebody who was in Methodist Seminary, who, who you met at an awesome yeah. music festival. And it was very helpful, you know, because I, I think I was a bit anti, I don't know, I grew up very open-minded. I would say I was neutral to the side of leaning on like anti, um, I don't know, religion in general and Christianity, just because I, I had a lot of false assumptions about it. You know, I assumed that it actually was was trying to be held as an absolute truth and sort of a cult and she actually really helped me see that that's at least through the methodist lens not true um mm -hmm. that in fact i think i was talking to her about faith and she was like well questioning faith is part of faith that, absolutely that, yeah 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 right that's the, that's the deal um and so that that was helpful to sort of un unpack that and sort of soften that and make me even more curious and she bought me like the oxford annotated edition of the bible <laughs> oh hardcore yeah that's academic but, dude yeah. Well, yeah, because I was just yeah. like, I, there's just so many contradictions and I don't understand. It's just like, well, here's the one where they've, they've given you some, you know, shortcuts. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, yeah. So a um, couple of the things I wanted to weave in is just, you know, I, I, yeah. I spoke briefly to it, but just, again, getting into like the psychology of this, you know, I, mm. I think, mm. you know, it, and this is where I wish, I wish maybe more activists and maybe more people in religion and maybe just everybody just had, had more self-awareness around what was happening um, in our brains, you know, like the brain science. Mm -hmm. In fact, just yesterday at that seminar, I was exposed to yet another kind of flavor of like how we can look at, how we can use brain, you know, neuroscience and brain science to yeah. 
make sense of of how we act together and where fear <laughs> comes from and where yeah, why yeah. so anyway like why does power feel good well i think it it can make us feel safe even even if even mm -hmm. if i i do think sometimes there's a trade-off really i think the the antagonism and the separation at like on a on an individual basis and a micro level actually makes us less safe at a macro level because mm -hmm. then we are less resilient. We are, and I know this is something yes. you're yeah. committed to is like the the art of um, conversation, certainly maybe the art the art of argument and dialogue yeah. uh, because that actually brings us closer together because we're in attention, we're in yeah. tension together. <laughs> yeah. Um, whereas when we re refuse to do that or we're incapable of doing that or we just like like um, drop the portacullis on each other yeah uh that 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 i do believe makes us less resilient at large because then yeah community, socially yeah 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 and then we're we're factioned and then we're yeah socially divided and but at the but at the individual level and coming up the brain science like i think i think self-righteousness can feel really good it, it mm. can it can feel like i've got the right answer like like and that makes me feel yep. good at some level um it makes it can soothe these fear mechanisms in our what we often say is the reptilian brain or yeah i mean having an iguana for 23 years i just i, I have a i want to change that i, I don't <laughs> not I don't, as illuminative of this whole concept as it would have seemed yeah yeah uh yeah so i think those are the couple pieces i want yeah. to just i like out. it I like those pieces. Well, and and the self righteousness is fantastic too because that uh, this is why I, this is the again another like reason I see or the way in which I see woke as a religion is woke similar to Christianity for example, which is again the religion of my most experience. So I'll just keep speaking from that framework. Um, there is no self righteousness in the Christian worldview. Uh, it's it's literally that would be a it would be a it would be explicit contradiction. So that would be like a, a, her, a heretical thing, right? That would be like, oh yeah, you can't call your we, we can't call you a Christian anymore uh, if you proclaimed yourself self righteous. It's literally the exact opposite. It says like we have no capacity within ourselves uh, to be righteous. So it literally the righteousness then comes from an external source, much like the Greeks, whatever, had logos, right? There was like, that's where full truth is. It exists, but it's outside of us. All we can do is kind of scrabble at it, right? So we can aim ourselves at absolute righteousness in as much as we understand it, but we ourselves are sort of syncretistic beings, meaning we're like blended, we're blended fabrics, right? Uh, there's this uh, Paul, the, the apostle Paul says this way in his letters, he's like, that which I will to do, I do not do, and that which I will not to do, I do. Oh, wretched man that I'm, I, that I am, which I think is fundamental to the human condition. I, I've never seen a, a, a true contradiction to this. That there are aspects, certainly in my life, of like being enlivened by the Holy Spirit to desire to please God, and yet there are certainly aspects of my that desire to please myself. And there are, or some people even look at this as like the, you know, the wolf you feed is the one that grows. There's a wolf. There's a sort of a good wolf and a bad wolf, you know, kind of thing. Um, but likewise, woke, I think, is very similar where it, where it does seem to, uh, where it says that which has things I've examined and looked at and blah, blah, reasoned through, but things, the righteousness that comes from outside of myself is the, is ultimately the kind of righteousness I'm following. And maybe where we get into trouble inter, interpersonally is where it says like my proper adjudication of that external righteousness can cause you to bristle. You're like, no, I've got it right. No, I've got it right. You know what I mean? That that sort of thing. 
but in both cases are referring to something that is an absolute external right. You know what I mean? Like, just like that person was talking about where it's like, well, there is an absolute that we're chasing, but to say that any of us know it absolutely would be silly. <laughs> you know what I mean? And that's where I think it can get really damaging, right? Is when people start to be like, well, no, it's about me. This is like the whole faith without works is dead thing, but faith has to precede works or else you're just doing works. Like a workspace righteousness does not exist in the Christian canon. Like it's, it's antithetical to Christianity, which is fascinating if you look at the United States for all tons of ways in which Christianity has influenced this culture. But oh my goodness, did the US culture not get that flipping memo? <laughs> like oh my oh my oh my works based oh my gosh yeah. works based <laughs> obsession right oh there's uh, I'm sure <laughs> at least a whole episode about yeah. Christianity versus what I for now would call Christ consciousness and and maybe the true teachings and yeah so um, yeah I'm sure you could go way deeper on that one thing I know we need to land here soon but yep. you just I did want to come back because I don't think I completed the thought about yeah. kind of holding multiple truths or multiple questions in the context of collective liberation. Mm. And one of the challenges there is, is really who are we centering? And, you know, one of the, one of the ways I, I, uh, one of the compass or North star um, mechanisms is who's closest to the pain. Uh, and I, so I think that, cause that might not always be the people we, we sort of stereotypically imagine it might be. Mm -hmm. uh, or, or it may change based on the, the who's in the room or, or, or what kind of, you know, um, part of the society we're looking at. And, mm -hmm. and, and the, the very real controversy, you know, one of, in one of my activist groups right now is, is this balance between, you know, healing ourselves yeah. as, as people uh, with more power and privilege in this society, uh, which I do think is, is deeply important, if not really the main piece um, that, that will liberate us and also being in, we could say allyship, being in community, being in solidarity is probably a better word for all of that. Uh, mm. Standing in solidarity, I think, is uh, maybe maybe something I, I mm. use myself and, and feel like is just that. And I, again, going back to your, kind of your questions around the word ally and separation, to yeah. me, that is maybe it's a better word because I, I think it's like, oh, I'm yeah. standing here with you your pain and your fight isn't exactly mine in this in the sense of me as an individual but yeah. it is because we're here together and i'm standing in solidarity with you yeah um and actually this i just happened to see it in the in the my grandmother's hands but mm. this feels like a really relevant quote from from our uh from james baldwin uh white people have quite enough to do in learning how to accept and love themselves and each other and when they have achieved this, the Negro problem will no longer exist for it will no longer be needed. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, if you get, yeah, exactly. If you, if you recognize the internal problem, you don't have to uh, point any fingers accusing anyone else of causing uh, said problem. Well, this is what I like about the universality of uh, original sin in the Christian worldview, which is like, it's literally everybody. You know what I mean? And so that was my question too, was like, wait, in solidarity, is the solidarity in that concept religiously uh, is it mutual solidarity or is it uh, again are there <laughs> this is the way okay there's a lot of ways in which woke certainly is is religion uh and it's very similar to the christian religion in a bunch of different ways but one way i think it's actually much more similar to hinduism is there appears to be a um, a caste system within it 
So is that kind of like, so when you're saying in solidarity, like are you sort of in solidarity as a, uh, I mean, in some way, and this is, this is to me the scariest part of, of woke, but we'll, I think we'll get more of this on the intersectionality episode in the future, maybe next week. Um, but like, it feels sometimes like, I don't know all the names of the casts, but the highest one is Brahmin, right? So if that's closest to the pain, that's closest to sanctified essentially. And then you as an untouchable can't really touch. I mean, you can kind of come alongside them. And I know that's the bottom and the top. And I know there's a bunch of ones in between, but whatever. Um, I'll, I'll try to learn more about the caste system. Um, but it feels, it feels, it feels Hindu, it feels caste-like where you're actually separate. You're on separate trajectories. And this is, and, but is that accurate? Is that just me trying to analyze something from the exterior? I, I, there are absolutely power structures. Uh, there is power to be derived from obviously wealth and uh, heritage and land and you know the things we can usually point out I think for power and privilege uh, and there can power can be derived from victim identity and other yeah. and and perhaps being closer to the pain so oh interesting I, okay. I hesitate to call that a caste system maybe at least partially just because it's not it's not consistent I mean it, it that's gonna that shifts I mean, a lot of, at least in my experience, a lot of the, this phenomenon of wokeness is also connected with in, intentionally decentralized communities, anarchist communities. Mm -hmm. um, so that that's an interesting intersection, right? Where, yeah, you know, my most of my problems with quote unquote religion are with organized religion, and that you know we can unpack a lot more probably in the future. So in this way, it's it's like semi-organized, maybe it's like semi-organized religion. And mm -hmm. and it's not, you know, there is in one group in particular, I think somebody, I don't even know who, but did a pretty good job of outlining like four pages of values and yeah. agreements and ways ways we agree to behave yeah. together. And it doesn't oh, yeah. to me read quite as much like religious doctrine of like, you must believe this. Um, but there are some pieces of that. There are absolutely yeah. some activist components of that. Like, you know, we're fundamentally, we're, you know, like abolitionists, we're, we're, we, we believe in abolishing the police and prisons yeah. and all that. Um, yeah. yeah. Or so, even the belief, so, is the belief in privilege, like the belief in privilege for me as an outsider is, is separate from my worldview. So then to me, that's is, but it seems ideologically, uh, uh, prevalent through multiple groups just again from the outside you're you're far more interior than i than i am but that seems like a must like you must believe that that sort of intersectional power dynamic thing exists and that's why i say cast because that's kind of the intersectional wheel or whatever seems to me like a, a a just a more complex way of adjudicating cast essentially so it's this it's this a sense of like like almost all relationships have inherent power systems within them and and then there's senses there's privilege and oppression but again this might be from criticism it's, as opposed to internal definition yeah maybe what you're getting at is that like one of the basic notions is if you have more you know power and privilege typically in the world yeah, yeah. um and i know you're referring to an article i wrote about that right quantified having a, a shit ton of power and privilege as a white man um yeah then in in certain groups activist groups maybe people of more yeah. marginalized backgrounds people who are closer to the pain in those groups we're kind of expected to have less power mm -hmm. and 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 make more space for 
gotcha. really, and actively check ourselves because we've been trained that we're going to be at the front of the room. We're going to have more power. We're going to be in leadership positions. We're, yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe that's, I mean, it's true for me. Like, that's just, that's my whole life. I've, I've been in leadership positions and I've had to reconcile that like, oh, you know, I'm sure some of that came from just being a tall white man. I'm sure of it. Like, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Like, I, there was one time I was in a jury duty and like, I just everybody like looked to me like to be like to lead the thing and I was like so you know that's that was a time when I was like really like I'd, I'd really rather just kind of sit here like everybody else and do nothing but yeah yeah yeah. oh because privilege is a burden yeah yeah see yeah. I I as someone who's not ever been asked to be a leader but would like to be and has never been um <laughs> I, I think for me it's it's I've had the sort of opposite uh, kind of opposite experience or whatever um so that, that, but that's what I was wondering, like, is that, that seems to me like a tenant, for example, a tenant of faith, that privilege exists in the way that you're discussing it and power exists in that dynamic. Where I, and I think that's, this is a, I, I only examine that if it is true, I want people to understand that as that that's a fundamental aspect of the religion. So people can start going, oh, okay. Like I can frame around that religious view, just the same way people would have to understand about Christianity. The Christianity believes that all people are under the wrath, abide naturally under the wrath of God and all people are spiritually dead. I mean, that's like, I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not in any way blind to the fact I'm saying some super provocative stuff that's going to make people angry. Just the same way, you know, that if you say that everyone has privilege and power in, in, in their relational dynamics in the world because of immutable or mutable characteristics, plenty of people hate that. And they're yeah. like, you're spitting venom. So that's why I'm saying that out loud. I'll say something that makes people mad. So you can go ahead and say stuff that makes people mad too. But I was like, is that a, is that a tenant of the faith? Because it seems to come up a ton. In that language, I, w- I would have to say yes. <laughs> one of the interesting things is that it's 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 usually couched in like, well, no, this is objective fact and objective truth. Right. And there are, you know, some things we can point to certainly um, that are statistically, you know, valid in terms of disparity and inequity. But it also reminds me of, um, you know, I was involved with a film company, The Stories of Science. Um, mm, yeah. Well, we told the stories of science. Called, it was called One Thirty Seven Films. And our last film was about uh, the Creation Museum in Kentucky. And oh, yeah. that was a fascinating look at young earth creationists yeah. using something that, you know, looked like science yeah. um, and, and very well produced, like as a museum. Yeah, yeah. Uh, really refuting a lot of what I believe is, or what I've grown up to believe is, is I don't know, quote unquote, actual science or more verifiable science uh, around geology in particular, just measuring carbon dating, you know, just measuring, you know, how, how long, how long have things been around? And, you know, so I think like, to me, um, that that could be a whole long thing to unpack as well. But but it's, it's, but it's really similar. No, no, what you're talking about is similar, right? Because that's something that no one's observed. Like science, you can't even science 10,000 years ago because no one was, no one's observed it and recorded it, but you can, so then there is an absolute truth that exists and we're all going, well, no, this information says that's true. This is not true. And this information says, you know what I mean? We're all vying. It's it's similar to what we're talking about. You know what I mean? We're all vying and going, this is legitimate and convincing to me. And this is legitimate, convincing to me or, you know, all that sort of stuff. So I think it's a great example. Yeah. And it, yeah. And, and part of the challenge I had with that is they were so immutable. They were so just like, no, 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 this is absolute fact. That our interpretation in particular, right, that relates yeah. to, to the Bible, like our interpretation of the Bible is fact. And then we're going to like design all of this science to kind of back it up was the, was the way that seemed to me. Yeah. Um, which, 
is not how I think about science. Um, and it also brought up some questions about science being a religion in, a, in its own way and the way yeah. we way, the way we even think about you know certain ideas there um yeah yeah absent i think absent the one major feature of being able to give you any ethics and morality which i think are key there's no good or bad there's no good and bad in science really you know what i mean there's poorly executed science but there's no mm -hmm. there's no such thing as right and wrong really you know so i uh need to come in for a landing any okay any closing thoughts um oh yes uh just to bring it back to the beginning uh, so when I ask questions of people who I perceive to be woke or woke adjacent, um, hostility, I'm, I'm met with hostility, not even joking, 85 to 90% of the time. You being within the spaces that I would consider like whatever, like uh, we listened to that Joe Rogan clip, right? It was like DEI conferences are, are the, yeah, uh, exactly. you know, like are, are the new church. And I was like, you go to that church. So- um, I guess that makes me a preacher, yeah. Right, hey, uh, or, you know, just a parishioner, who knows? Uh, unless you're all power empowered, you know, I don't know. Maybe you have to be of the Brahmin class to be a preacher. I don't know how that stuff works. Um, but no, but like you've been in those spaces. I know you don't ask questions in the manner that I do. However, you're a curious person and an interrogator. And like, does that happen inside the space. So like, almost like for me, inside the walls of the church, uh, people responding with hostility is enormously troubling. Um, I would assume any Christian, if anyone comes and has questions or challenges for me about Christianity or the Bible or whatever, I've never responded in hostility, certainly not first. People say enough hostile things, I'll certainly get sarcastic or start making jokes, but I won't return hostility uh, for hostility, let alone, but get hostile about questions. So to me, that's, again, that's why I think woke is more of functioning as a cult for for people, for at least most of the people I interact with, but internally in the systems yourselves, do does that happen in, inside the walls of the church? Like when you ask questions or go, mm, I don't think that's true. And here's why I don't think that's true. And how is that true? Or prove that to me or blah, blah. You know, just like normal things that I would do or we do here. For the for the sake of my bladder and my next appointment, I'll, I'll answer yes. very succinctly. Hell yeah. yes, it happens all the time. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, no, it's a mess. It's it's nobody. It's and, and again, I kind of attach a lot of that to an emotional immaturity of a lot of folks who show up. Yeah, pretty much oh. every, everywhere, but it's certainly true in activist spaces as well. And sure, and some of that is just like there's a clear agenda. Uh, like some of the things I've even I'm even working on professionally. You know, mm. people come in and just you know shred it. You know, versus I think have a more constructive, and that is usually because there was some pre-existing axe to grind or confirmation bias or attitude that, that to them seemed completely incompatible with what was happening or what we were trying to build. Yeah. And that's unfortunate because I think there was, from my point of view, there was actually a lot more compatibility um, in terms of what we were trying to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do, so people do the insight, do the, the questioning, but then do people react hostily is the part to answer before you have to go pee yourself? Yes, yeah, like, absolutely. Oh, okay. And that's, oh, okay. Okay. To me, it. that's that. The hostility. I usually read it as like an, an emotional trigger. Yeah. And then a lack of regulation or or ability yeah, yeah. to to be in that or move or maybe a lack of permission to pause. <laughs> hey, that's <laughs> that's my my today. time for a pause. <sighs> um. So that's a lot of like what I'm focused on is just can we can we build better spaces together that that yeah. allow for more of that more more di dimensions.
yeah. and dynamics to show up. All right. Well, let's pause in gratitude. Right. I appreciate you. I love you. Thank you for um, asking questions and answering questions. Um, uh, and at least here in this in this nebulous, what's that? You had a great liminal. We're kind of in a liminal space together, uh, and uh, and uh, little little to no hostility. <laughs> love you. See you soon. Love you, buddy. <laughs>